from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckard. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. This is a, this is a special episode for us. We're pretty excited about this. We have a returning guest today. Today, we're joined by our colleague, a longtime friend of ours, Payne Lindsay. That's right, the CEO. Co-founder of Tenderfoot TV, uh, Payne. Uh, people will recognize you as the creator and host of podcasts such as Up and Vanished, uh, The Atlanta Monster, and your latest project, which is why we wanted to talk to you today, Radio Rental. Yes. Thank, yeah. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've been listening to Radio Rental, and with the lights on. Well, well, yeah. For <laughs> me, a good start. for me, I actually try and get to the darkest place I possibly can. I like I, to listen to it in my <laughs> sensory deprivation tank. That's yeah. the best place, actually. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's in the car at night after I've driven home from work. Like mm-hmm. it, it's getting late, so early now here in Atlanta where we are. By the time I'm getting home, if it's like six, seven, something like that, I'll sit in my car and keep listening to an episode on purpose because the 
the show itself, and we're going to tell you exactly what it is after this, but the show itself has such an eerie quality to it that it almost intensifies the experience if you're just alone in a car and it's kind of cold. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I would turn recommend the heat it. on, man. No, That's what no. they call a uh, spooky driveway moment. Well, yeah. <laughs> NPR made that. Yeah. Well, the, the purpose there is to like – in in my mind and for me personally is to it is to enhance the experience like to to get a an even further sensory experience from something right mm-hmm. and to my mind what radio rental does with the sound design and the way the stories are told it does give you this sensory experience of being there in a lot of these things so let let's let's start off by paying tell us what radio rental is um you know as an overview and then we'll start getting into some of this stuff I mean, basically, at its core, Radio Rental is just weird, bizarre stories, kind of an homage to Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it's presented in this um, weird way where Rain Wilson is playing this video store clerk who works in this old kind of 80s retro video store called Radio Rental. Radio Rental means it's like uh, British Cockney slang for mad or you've lost your mind. They'd say you've gone Radio Rental. And rhyming so, slang, right? For like yeah, going well, yeah, British Cockney rhyming slang. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so it's my first anthology series where each episode is a new story. And there's about two to three stories in each episode. And they're all true stories. They're all real stories. And it's the real people telling you them. And so there's other stuff like this out there where people do retellings of stuff. But – we put a lot of effort into actually going to make the connection with these people, vetting them as much as we could, and flying out to them wherever the hell they are, and sitting down and interviewing them and making this kind of short story cinematic experience out of it. And there's a lot of work that has to go on behind the scenes, right? Like just for the process questions before we get into some of the real spooky stuff, uh, how from germination of the idea, genesis of the idea to actually getting the first episode out, how how much time did you and your team have to put into, as you said, finding these people, vetting them and speaking with them? It seems like it must have been a pretty involved process. It was like every other podcast I've made where I was like, hey, this is a cool idea. Let's do this. And then like a few months in, I'm going, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so this was that on a whole new level where I'm very reliant on these people to want to do this with me. Because, I mean, I can have – I can find a really great story, but if that person is not interested in telling me that story, or maybe they are – but they sound really weird on the microphone or or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's so many factors that I can't control, which makes it kind of scary. Um, so, I mean, initially I was looking all over the place, and I didn't really even know where to find these types of stories or, or really what was going to merit a radio rental story to begin with. And I, I knew that in these first batch of episodes that whatever stories we, we put out there, that is going to be – what radio rental is it will always evolve from there but i need to set the standard for what is a radio rental story and it, you know it's not every single story that you hear it's not every scary story it's this kind of in between area where you know you know it when you hear it like you you hear another story and you if you've heard radio rental at this point if you hear another story out there you would know okay that's probably a radio rental story mm-hmm. and so i wanted to kind of coin that term and really kind of set the standard for you know what you're experiencing and hearing that's really it was very weird. difficult just to kind of find these people and make contact with a stranger on the internet um, 
with some weird username and convinced them to let me fly to where they are and meet them in a hotel and record them for my podcast. <laughs> so let's dive in a little bit deeper to something that I was thinking of the the entire time that was listening to the show, which is out now and available wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to point that out? Uh, yeah, the full first season, right, is right. Yes. available right now. Mm-hmm. It's all out. And uh, this – so we don't want to spoil too much of the specific uh, episodes, uh, but we do want to talk about some of the things. And one of the things that haunted me throughout listening is the this subtle – this subtle play of fact and fiction, you know, this is uh, a lot of this feels like there's some modern folklore elements to it. Sure. Um, which is why I love that you point out, um, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, you know, there's this, this, this kind of chilling campfire. It could be true element. It, right. These are true stories because you did find, again, this is the part we should emphasize, Payne, you did find real people who told you, these stories, right? Uh, were there ever times where you felt the little line between like fact or fiction sort of blurred, or was, did, or was it always to you? Was it always cl- clear, or were there times where you were like, I don't know if I should be alone in a hotel room with this person? Oh wow! <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, there's definitely this line of where I mean, there's a few stories in there for sure where you can't really rationally explain what happened. And just kind of structurally with what I was trying to build here, I wanted to have a good balanced mix of stories. I didn't want to come at you with the most unbelievable stories ever Mm. and just shock you where people are like, nah, this is just like unbelievable stories. I don't believe any of these stories. I wanted to hit you with a, a real thing that happened definitive from the beginning. And so every now and then you get this little twist where you're like, Ooh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to, I, don't, I can't explain that. Yeah. But I don't not believe it. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's how I feel about some of these stories where it's like in this line of, I don't know how to explain what happened, but I believe this person. But like, what happened? <laughs> and, and so you're, you're thinking about it, like scratching your head, like, what the, what the hell happened? I, I think there's a pretty good <laughs> example of this in that first episode that, that yes. we, we actually got to hear a sneak preview of uh, a while back. But man, it, it's one of those that is a true story of something that really happened for sure. And then the story itself as it's being told and as it's kind of revealing things as you go, um, you don't even real – you don't think – you're like, maybe this isn't real. Maybe this isn't. And then it hits you right at the end. Like, oh, this is a true thing that occurred. I remember this from the news. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, – I'm just – I'm calling it the flight. I don't know what you called it in the – within the uh, episodes, but – we hear about this man's extraordinary experience doing something very ordinary, which is just taking a flight. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, I mean, it, is, it starts off, he's a kid at the time, and he's flying from Paris to Miami. It's in December of 2001. Okay. And he, he was very familiar flying. He'd, fly, he'd flown several times with his brother, and his dad was in first class, and his brother and him were in the back. And mid-flight, all of a sudden— this flight attendant starts screaming the word no. And obviously anyone screaming on, a, on an airplane, no. nope, <laughs> not a good thing. Right? Even if they're screaming yes, it's still <laughs> exactly. bad. It's like, that's, that's called bad. the Mile High Club is what that's called. Oh, right. Even that, you're like, what's good? Hey, come on, get me yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah, screaming on an airplane, not a good thing. And so eventually that escalates to even louder, 
and he sees this kind of scuffle going on. And all of a sudden, someone passes up this fire extinguisher and hits this dude in the middle, square in the face. And he's like, what the hell is going on here? Chaos just erupts on the flight. Turns out there was a terrorist on board. His name was Richard Reed. And this is right after 9-11, so you can imagine being on that plane. I mean, that would be terrifying as hell. Yeah. And this guy, Richard Reed, he was six foot four, over 200 pounds. He had a bomb in his shoes, and he was attempting to light it with this box of matches. And the flight attendant saw this. Probably assume that he was trying to smoke a cigarette or something, not light a bomb. Yeah, just to please but don't do that. But that's illegal, too. No <laughs> fire yeah. on the plane, that. please. Yeah, yeah, sir, please don't smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And that escalates, and she reaches for the matches. This guy bites her on the hand, and it just turns into a complete show on the plane. Wow. And uh, eventually they subdue the guy. Everyone kind of steps up to be a hero, which is amazing. And they tie him up with phone cords and belts and all kind of stuff. And a doctor on board injects him with, uh, I think it's Dizepam or something, wow. just to calm him down. And they divert the flight. They land it. And SWAT team comes on board. All of a sudden, it's all over the news. I mean, this is right after 9-11. Right. Absolute craziness. And this is literally why you take your shoes off at the airport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean— <laughs> Thanks a lot, Richard Reed. Yeah, thanks, Richard. That was a real dick move. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's incredible to me because the people on that flight had no idea how dire that situation was. Even though they they saw that maybe he's trying to light something on his shoe, that's weird. Why would he be doing that? Like, let's not do that. It could be a bomb, but he had C4 in his (laughs) shoe. That would have obliterated that plane. Wait a minute. Quick question. Can you detonate C4 with a match? Doesn't it require some sort of like electric kind of – So he had a whole like – I mean there's a picture of his shoe online somewhere where they kind of gutted it, this big black boot. And I mean he had some sort of wiring system to where Mm -hmm. there was a fuse he was going to light. I'm not sure exactly how it it worked. I mean it didn't work, thank God. But I think they said it only didn't work because his shoes were damp. One, it had rained that morning, okay. and two, he was just sweating, just being nervous. I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, if that had gone off, the entire plane is just up in flames, and it's just yeah. no one lives, right? Oh, for sure. C4, I mean, that'll take out, like, a, like a, a whole building, I mean, if you have yeah. enough of it. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, C, uh, C4, just for background, we don't need to go into why I know this, but C4 has— uh, <laughs> We do. It's, it's stable, it, right? it's stable <laughs> enough that if you, just put a, if you just put a match by the substance, or even if you shoot it with a gun, it's not going to explode. You do need that system that you just described, Payne, which is the one of the scariest things, I think, for people on the flight who are, of course, watching the news afterwards, where they figured out, well— Sure, this person clearly had some mental issues, but they still had it together enough to build a a shoe bomb. You know, we joke about it now, but we only joke about things like that because that was a real thing. And to your point, Matt, one thing that stuck with me about that is hearing the story, we're put in the POV of that person and we don't know what's happening either in the way that the way that the narrative uh, plays plays out. I also had that moment at the end where I went, you know, for lack of a better phrase, I went, oh, shit, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that right. That actually exactly. happened. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's something that had me thinking, too, like when we talk about the fact in fiction and uh, when you're talking about the emphasis you put on having this, like, let's have this demonstrably true thing in, in the very fir- – from the jump because now – 
every other thing that happens, we're we're all waiting for that moment where we go, oh, wait, oh, no, oh, man, that exactly. was, yeah. So I got to say another thing that was, I think, incredibly important about that first story is it's terrifying now in in today's age how we have so – it feels like we have so many events like that that we start to forget them and, yeah. we, and we shouldn't. And so maybe uh, the best – maybe the best way to uh, <laughs> to impact people with that or to get – the best moral is the one that you just so perfectly described, which is, and that guy's the reason we can't wear shoes on plane, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm look. I'm still pissed at Richard for that. Yeah, yeah me absolutely. too. Like, look, I don't even have laces. I have to catch a flight later today. So I it, it reminds me of that shoes. thing in Arrested Development where, like, he's got the one armed guy who always uses to teach his kids a lesson. He goes, and that's why you always leave a note. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I want to add really quickly here. Mm-hmm. There was a 2015 article. I remember seeing an NBC, but I'm not sure exactly who spoke with Richard Reed again. Mm-hmm. But he expressed regrets like tactical regrets about what he did uh and i tactical I'm, like yeah. he should have uh, done more, a better job of blowing he, up the plane as in he no. wished he did a better job it's, yes, it, this is a crazy. quote this is a quote from him it says i do have some tactical regrets of a sort which i won't go into here but i don't regret losing my freedom okay dead-eyed robot like jesus that's Woo. cool enjoy your meals <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah, get, exactly. Enjoy your one hour. Outside. You can't go to Chili's anymore. So, well, See, I mean, he goes on to talk about the Charlie Hebdo thing, and he's like, "No, I don't think that's a tragedy. I think it's a tragedy that people can belittle other people's beliefs in that way." Like, oh, okay, wow. okay, um, uh, we'll we'll move on then. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> we'll pause here and return to Radio Rental after a word from our sponsors. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 24 
888-324-2424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And we're back. We can't really spoil this show, no matter what we talk about. Well, we can. Well, we... A little bit. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, that's where we're talking about one. I mean, it's out now. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one yeah. episode in episode, or that's one story in episode one. Right. right. There's a lot of stories, and there's at least two in every episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's over a dozen in this season. So, I mean, yeah. even when you think you've got it figured out, you don't because we're trying to confuse ourselves while we're making this <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> everybody's confused. One, um, one, one story that uh, stuck with me. That actually, uh, that I went back and, and re-listened to and thought about for a few days uh, is the the story about the person who keeps receiving messages as someone yeah. gets closer yeah. and closer and closer to their house. Basically, that yeah. like I um that that felt so Black Mirror esque. Yeah, you it know, did. and it feels like. That's the other thing. I, I don't want to be too repetitive, but that that's one of the ones especially where I thought that could really happen. I got to go beef up my – where is my phone number on the internet? I need right. to watch out. Yeah. yeah. But that's also one of those things that feels a lot like that folklore story that maybe we've heard before. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like where Very we're familiar. They're calling yeah. from inside the house. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, where you going in and interviewing the person, it's like uh, now I, I, you know, I have to listen to this story. And be ob- as objective as I can, but ultimately just take have this person take me through this story as clear as clearly as possible. Sure. And um, the way it, the way he tells it, just was great. Oh God, man, it's creepy. That's yeah. With that one especially, that's one of the tales where I thought, and you, you know, like full disclosure, the we all know each other outside of of the shows we do. Like we we. We are actually friends. This is one of the ones where I thought I should I, I gotta ask Payne, like, you know, maybe not in front of people, but I'm gonna ask him if that was an actor, because that was really good. And I was like, is that a voice actor? And I, ha- yeah. I haven't asked you, but that guy No, he was like, great. I'm wow. telling you, he was he was funny, he was well spoken. We I mean we actually it was uh Mike and I who were in there, it was in Phoenix, uh recording this guy. I think after we recorded him, we're like, do you do radio? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, radio. Do you do podcasts? Yeah. Right? Um, but he's like, no, but, uh, you know, I get that a lot. And he, he's just kind of one of those guys who's just, I mean, he's the kind of guy who would engage with a stranger, right? Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. kind of, you know, chipper and funny and just, you know, just kind of brightens people's days and says witty things and, you know, not afraid to say what he thinks. So mm-hmm. which is just that person. Mm-hmm. And he's well-spoken and he told it. And what what I thought was a pretty comical way at times. Yes, yes yeah, yeah, sure. um, But yeah, he was I mean, he was amazing. He, he's like he was literally exactly what we were looking for for this show. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the show, I guess um, 
one of the things we should do, a little bit of, of uh, quid pro quo Clarice stuff here is we mentioned some uh, things that we we found uh, had a lot of staying power with us as listeners. I, I have to ask, and it's totally all right. There's no wrong answer here. I have to ask, man, is there any anything that you that you covered or that you found while you all were creating season one that stayed with you? Like anything that, you know, you left uh, and a day, month, weeks later, you said, man, I don't, I don't know. There's uh there's actually definitively one story that really bothered me. Um, I, I don't like to think that I'm desensitized to any of it. I think that I'm, I'd like to, look at it as if I've just gotten better at compartmentalizing this stuff. Sure. Okay. Um, but, like, there's very few things that really scare, scare me. I mean, I don't like paranormal stuff just because I'm like, I don't know how to deal with that if that ever came into my house, you know. <laughs> um, but those those kind of stories are also easy to kind of write off if you don't believe in that or something. So, you know, they're not always the scariest to some people. To me, the scariest story that bothered me the most in the whole season was a story called Laura of the Woods. Oh. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this one, but the basic synopsis is this kid, he's 10 years old in this small Indiana town, and he's playing in the woods by himself with his G.I. Joes, and all of a sudden he gets this overwhelming just feeling of fear that someone is looking at him, someone's watching him out there. And there's this, like, three-story house pretty close to them, right? There is. There's this, like, house in the neighborhood that's, like, uh, I mean, they called it, like, the ghost house or something. Yeah. It was, like, mm-hmm. the the classic haunted house in the neighborhood that no one knows who lives there. And, you know, you never see them go in and out, but you know someone's in there. Everyone knows everybody but these people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing uh, by the creek right outside of this house, and he gets this overwhelming fear, a feeling of just fear. And he turns around and he sees this girl who's standing there. And as he tells you the story, your first thought is that this is a ghost because it's so surreal. It doesn't make any sense, right? This person's out there. She looks really weird. Um, she's younger, but she has this weird hair and her outfit doesn't really fit her right. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, he becomes friends with her. And you're like, okay. And so he spends several weeks that summer playing with her out there in the woods. And, like, physically doing things with her. Like right. Pushing her on a swing. Pushing yeah. her on the swing and, you know, just physically playing out there in the creek. Even uh, she showed him what a cigarette is, right? Like yeah, one she, day she was like, hey, I want to show you something. And she took him to this tree and she had carved her name in it, Laura. And she put her hand in this little hole in the tree and pulled out this pack of marble red cigarettes and taught him how to smoke. And he felt all crazy, like all bad. Like, oh, man, I'm doing something real <laughs> right. bad. And she chiefed like 10 cigarettes. He, he smoked maybe a half a cigarette. Probably coughed his guts out. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think he probably puked afterwards or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he became friends with this girl. And, you know, he told his uh, sister about it. And they're like, okay, they got a little girlfriend in the woods, whatever. And then one day he went out there and she was just gone. Just nowhere to be found. Weeks went by, months went by, n- never saw her ever again. And he was like, what happened? You know, yeah. who, where'd Did she, she go? Move? Yeah. Did you move? Whatever. And she had told him that she lived in that creepy house, right? She told him that, he, that she lived there on the third floor and that she was an only child. And, you know, she had a mom and dad who lived with her too, but she was the only child and she was homeschooled. So he thought, okay, maybe she's back. Maybe she got in trouble or something or she's just back in her house. Um, anyway, school starts back up again and he goes back to the public school 
And uh, all of a sudden, that house, that creepy house, it goes up for sale. And so everyone in the neighborhood's like, I want to go see the inside of this house, right? And he's like, Mom, we have to go in here. Also, I want to see if Laura's in there, right? Like, where's Laura? Yeah. And so they go to this open house, right? And uh, the mother is giving the tour, and he sees what is obviously her dad and then what is obviously her mother because it looks just like Laura, like almost exactly like her in the face. So he's like, okay, that has to be your mom. You know, where's Laura? And so they're going the, through the tour, and then they stop on the second floor, and the lady's like, yep, and that's the whole house. And he's like, I know that there's a third floor because I know that's where Laura lives. And um, his mom asked the lady, it was like, um, hey, you know, like, I'm so glad to finally meet you. Um, you've, we've been here for years, and we never knew who lived here. It's, you know, we're so curious. And she was like, yes, yeah, sorry, you know, we don't really leave the house much after our daughter died a few years ago. And he's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, what or who was I playing with in the woods? And then the mom does this really creepy thing where she looks at him and says, what's wrong, boy? It looks like you've seen a ghost. And he's like, like stop. Chills down his spine. And so all of a sudden, his mom and his sister both look at him like, what the hell have you been playing with in the woods? Whatever is going on, you can't go out in the woods anymore. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And so he said one time he, he broke the rules and he, he did go back out there because he was convinced that Laura was being held captive yeah. in the house, mm. that something bad was going on. It made no sense. There was no way it was a ghost. He Why knew did it. they not show the third floor? What's going on It didn't make sense, that, yeah. right? She was being weird. The ghost comment, and he physically touched her. He, yeah. he smoked the cigarettes mm. with her, right? Mm-hmm. And so he goes out there one day, and he looks up at the house, and the mom's just on, on the third floor looking down at him, just staring at him. And he said it scared the shit of him, and he, he never went back after that. Yeah. And so for decades, he lived with this story where he's like, you know, what the hell happened? He told a few people, and then years later, he was back in that same property because one of his uh, family members and his uncle bought the property nearby, and so, like, they were out there in the woods, very close to where that area was in that house. And uh, someone in his family just brought up, hey, remember the whole Laura the Woods story? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, let's go see it, man. Let's go oh. see that tree. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, whatever. And so he takes his whole family over there. And as they kind of wind through the woods, he sees the tree. Laura carved in it. He walks up to the tree, puts his hand in the hole, pulls out a pack of Marlboro Red cigarettes decades later. Cigarette's still in there. Wow. He said everyone in his family is like, okay, f*** this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. This is terrifying. And he's like, okay, you know, what was my childhood? What was going on this whole time? Mm-hmm. And he said that weeks later it was on his mind every day. And he was just having this really vivid nightmare one night. And he basically woke up and came to the conclusion that – he had this nightmare where he's walking through the woods and then he like saw Laura sitting on a bench and then he like taps her on the shoulder and she turns around and looks at him and she grabs her hair and starts pulling on her hair and starts coming off and it's a wig and it was literally the mother the whole time pretending to be a little girl in the woods. And he's, once he kind of snapped, I guess, into reality and realized what it was, he kind of realized that he knew this all along, that he, and he was just somehow suppressing it or something, and it was, I mean, for decades it was a mystery. But 
to me was the scariest because it, it wasn't a ghost. What's scarier than a ghost? An old lady pretending to be a little girl in the yeah, woods. Because she's like snapped because or something out of grief or whatever. Right. That, That's intense, to me, man. Really scared me. And the guy was so genuine. It's a real story. And just like the way he was talking about it, I, I, I just, that's the one I just couldn't shake. I was like, this is just, gives me the, I don't even know. I just like, Ugh. But it's like that wouldn't have been in the news or anything. How do you no. find this guy? I found this story on Reddit. Uh-huh. And what's funny is, um, actually, actually Mike found it on Reddit. And it didn't have that many likes even. It was just kind of just buried in some subreddit. I'm not even sure which one. And I saw in the comments that some guy said, hey, that's my story. You stole my story. You, this didn't happen to you. Whoa. I originally posted this on uh, some other random, like, band's website, like, in their, like, forum. Huh. And so we go to that, and sure enough, this guy posted this story years earlier. This was, like, back in 2010, this guy posted this. Yeah. And I was like, what are the chances this guy gets back to me? And sure enough, he did. And I was like, man, this is, like, the scariest story ever. I hope he doesn't bail. And literally... Um, he met at the hotel, and the first thing he said was, hey, guys, I'm not going to lie, I almost bailed in the lobby. <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> Just because he was, like, having second thoughts on, should I, should I tell this story? Like, yeah. should I, you know, is this dumb? I was like, no, man, this is, like, this is a genuinely scary story, and I believe you. Let's tell it. I mean, like, that's the thing about, you know, some people, you know, if they're, like, doubters might want to say, you know, this story isn't true or, you know, whatever. But, like, to be honest, on the other side of this, the production side of this, most of these people were very um, reluctant at times to to tell all the details because they're real stories and they're just like any other interview subject who experienced something scary. They're like, yeah, no one's going to believe me. Or, you know, it was a horrifying experience that they're, you know— uh, cautious about reliving, you know? Absolutely. And, and so that, that's really what we were experiencing most of the time is like people being like, I, I don't know. They're not just chomping at the bit to tell me their story for Radio Rental, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. If and, you really experience it, it's kind of scary, right? Yeah. And there's one well, there's uh, w- one thing that I respect immensely is I know that you and your team did, uh, did a lot of fact-checking too. Like does this match up with this chronology, right? Absolutely. And uh, what's interesting about Laura and the Wood in particular, which goes to something um, that you mentioned, Noel, is this absolutely this absolutely could happen. And until there is a crime committed, an actual crime, there's no there's no reason law enforcement would be involved. It's not there's not a law against dressing up as your deceased child. Yeah, how would you write it? Yeah. You know? let's take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor, and then back with more from Payne Lindsay. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we are back. Can I bring up a story that it feels very similar to this to me? Mm. Um, it's one that's just titled Ham and Cheese. Like, it's, it's just a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> or whatever. I forget exactly how it was written. <laughs> the most weird. terrifying of sandwiches. So, so it, it's a perfect... It's a perfect story for us to discuss on this show. It's uh, it's about a man who's working as a sandwich. I forget the title of it, but he makes sandwiches with Subway, right? Yes. And he's just at work one day. Uh, he says he lives in kind of a seedy part of town. So people are, are a little cautious, but it's not, you know, terribly scary out there. He's just at a Subway, right? And he's going about his everyday. Some dude walks in. Uh, and I don't – I can't remember exactly how he describes him. All I remember is um, he looks uh, – I think he's got like dark dark features, like dark yeah, he hair. Was, he dark. was uh, Middle Eastern. Okay. And he said – he described him looking a little bit like him. Not, yeah. not like exactly but kind of uh, same kind of dark features, uh, you know, dark eyebrows. Yeah. That kind of thing. And kind of a younger man. Yep. Um, and the one thing he really noticed was the the man always kept his hand in his – uh, like his waistband in the back. Yeah, like the behind his time. back, kind of thumbing mm-hmm. his waistband. Like, what are you doing back there, man? And he, right. he got this vibe when he walked in, too. Yeah. Just like, just kind of instincts, like something's not right about this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, is, it, is, is there a gun behind his back? Is there a knife? Like, what, you, what is he doing? Is yeah, it, and he's being really quiet and just, you know, if he's going to say, if he says anything, it's quick and and that's it. And the dude is just super nervous there making, he asks him, you know, what do, you, what do you want? The dude just says, I don't know, ham and cheese. Yeah. Or ham and Swiss. Ham and Swiss, yeah. Ham and Swiss. <laughs> and so, you know, as a, a sandwich professional there, or I forget what it's called. Sandwich, sandwich artist. artist. Sandwich yeah. artist. They're he's, artists, yes. He's making the sandwich and everything, and then he has to ask him 
do you want it toasted, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this moment where he knows he's getting this vibe off of this guy. Like, he's, he's, something's wrong. Like, is this going to be a robbery? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. And he he has to ask him, do you want it toasted? And he knows that to toast it, if he does want it, he's got to turn his back to the dude for a little bit. Wait, they toast at Subway? I thought that was all like Quiznos this is exclusive. by request. No, nah, man. Really? <laughs> Been toasting. I didn't know yeah. that. Isn't oh, this yeah. in yeah. California somewhere? This is in like uh, L.A. somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So... So he asks him this, and the guy's just like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, toast it. So he turns around to do this thing. Our our protagonist here is really, really nervous. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing on this sandwich but bread, ham, and Swiss. And he just turns around to do it. He's like wrapping it up to put it in the toaster. And for some reason, his nerves get to him, everything gets to him, and the sandwich falls, right? He drops the sandwich. Drops the sandwich, man. And it lands in a very certain a very certain way, right? It's almost like a pattern with the Yeah, he just kinda like as soon as he dropped it, which he'd never done it a thousand times, and he drops the sandwich and like right as he's dropping it, it's like time slowed down or something. And this overwhelming rush of deja vu kinda hits him. And so as the sandwich is falling and the way the cheese landed, he was like really kind of taking note of what it looked like and was like just had this deja vu, I've been here, I've seen this before thing. And, like, right after he gets out of his own head, he looks up because he's like, oh, shit, that guy's here. And he's just gone. Like, not there at all. Didn't hear the door open or close. Had only been a couple of seconds, maybe. And his first instinct is, where is this guy? So he runs out in the parking lot. There's not even a car in the parking lot. Hmm. There's nothing there. He even goes around the corner. There's just no people around right now. He's like, that makes no sense. How did that happen? Like, I mean, I guess he ran. Was there a getaway car? No. Was he in the restroom or something? That would be the only other option. No. Wow. No. Nowhere to be found. And he's like, okay, whatever, right? Weird enough. Hmm. But it gets weirder. Yeah, because I think it's a week or so, a little a while weeks after. Later, yeah. And he's back, you know, at work doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And here's the door open and looks up. And it's really strange because it looks like pretty much the same guy, mm-hmm. but older. Yeah. Like really, really similar. Almost, if not the same guy, but older. Like yeah. discernibly older, right? Yes. Dude comes up. Ask for a sandwich. What does he ask for? Ham and Swiss. Ham and Swiss, huh? He's got that same vibe, too. This yeah. Just kind of like, okay, the same vibe that the other guy gave him as soon as he walked in. He, and then we said ham and Swiss. He's like, okay, what's Hold going up. on? <laughs> but, I mean, also, you know, common sandwich. But then when he noticed him thumbing in his waistband, yeah, he's like, oh, you're kidding me, right? Like, wow, what is this person doing? Is he messing with me? Is this mm-hmm. a bit? Yeah. And so it gets to the part where he's has to ask him if he wants it toasted. And this, to him, is like the drum roll ultimate test. If I'm going to die or if this is just the weirdest thing ever, if he says yes, I'm going to die. Yeah. And so he asks the guy, do you want it toasted? And he's just like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, oh, <laughs> okay, God. cool. So he, he's good. <laughs> he's all, it's all good. It's fine. And then he goes through the checkout process and – he goes this kind of tangent about how in, I guess there's some tax or something in uh, California if you want it to- or For hot food. For hot food. Mm-hmm. If you wanted it toasted. If it's or, been cooked, basically, if you used energy in order to uh, right. cook the food. It's like Got 10 it. cents or something, but they have a conversation about mm-hmm. that. 
And then the guy kind of gives him a snark remark back and was like, you know, I I, I would have paid the tax. It's not why I, it's not why I didn't <laughs> yeah, order dude, it. Come on. And he was like, skate. yeah, obviously. Like, <laughs> and so he's kind of like, whatever. And he pays for the sandwich. And then he walks to the door and he's just turns around and looks at him. And he kind of gives him this all-knowing grin. And he just says, I just didn't want you to drop it. And then walks out the door. It's like, mm. what? Mm. And he said Beautiful. it literally just scared the shit out of him. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and then for uh, background, for anybody who's not too familiar with the Sandwich Change Subway, uh, a lot of people probably – hearing this story, hearing uh, Radio Rental and thinking, well, doesn't he have co-workers or something? Not really. Subway is notorious. Not late at night. Yeah, yeah. Subway is notorious for having uh, one to like a maximum of three people. You yeah. know? Totally, totally. Yeah. So uh, Salinger said, you know, if I'm paraphrasing, that the mark of a good story to him is that when the story is over, you don't want it to end. You want to know what else happens to the characters. And that's one thing that I think is powerful about this this story in particular, because ev- like everybody listening now to this episode, listening to Radio Rental, is probably going to say, well, what happened to L.A. Sandwich Guy? Is, well, he, yeah. <laughs> like, is he all right? So I wanted to pose it to you guys, like, for potential possibilities of what happened there. And we, we you know, assuming that this is an absolute true story and it happened the way this, this person said it happened, right? Mm-hmm. So is it possible that it's, like, a father and son who are incredibly similar and, like, the, the son told him a story? It, what do you think? Is it a time travel situation? Or is it a really elaborate kind of stalking kind of like troll kind of situation? That's hit yeah. me. I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe. But why did he look so different and so much older? It, uh, only a couple yeah. of weeks later. Yeah. An elaborate prank sounds a little Rube Goldberg-esque mm-hmm. for this, a little like the mousetrap game. But the f- first thing I had thought of was, you know, a familial relation, uncle, son, father, son, something like that. Um, given the age difference, but to what end, though? I don't understand. Like, like, what, oh, what's man. the what's what are you accomplishing? We travel to L.A. a lot, man. That place is crazy. Well, that's you true. A bunch of weirdos. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but uh, but that the the familial relation could also explain certain physical habits, like tucking one mm-hmm. arm back. Just behind a major band. coincidence, right? Maybe, I don't maybe. Know. But that's the thing, you know. That's uh, there are like we can we can all rationally accept. One to two coincidences, right? Uh, but as uh, coincidence, a- as they accrete over the course of something with the similarities, uh, the sandwich, even though I think we're all being pretty fair in our skepticism, like you pointed out, Payne, you were like, well, it, it's a common sandwich, but yeah. but they ha- they make many different kinds of sandwiches. So we've got physical similarity, right? We've got physical similar mannerisms, same sandwich. We've got what appears to be a reference to the earlier situation. Right. Uh, one of the questions I would ask is, did the door ding when the guy opened it and walked out? Because we see him walk out, right? He remembers no sound of the ding. Yeah. The first time, right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the first time. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's almost like um, trying to figure out the nuts and bolts behind a magic trick, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, I did have one pertinent question. Mm-hmm. The, he is in California. Yep. A certain substance is legal there. <laughs> uh, he is at work. Yeah. 
It's a subway. Never stopped anyone at Subway, man. Oh, I totally Pretty asked Pretty sure him. that's required. I asked him. I was like, were you high? <laughs> he said he wasn't. Okay, okay. Because that, that moment, I'm not saying I recognize this moment or identify with it, but the moment of like something happening like, oh, man, I just dropped this sandwich I was making for somebody and I watched it hit the ground and it's intriguing to me for some reason or another. Right. Mm-hmm. If in that state, I could imagine that it takes longer than you thought like you spend more time staring at the cheese than you thought. Totally. And maybe you're like tuned out a little more. That dude just like takes off and you're just like, oh man, this feels weird. Wait, where did that guy go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this guy's totally willing to accept that as yeah. what happened, right? Yeah. He's not like, this had to be some ripple in time. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, rationally speaking, it was probably a guy who was going to try to rob him in the beginning. He freaked out and, like, didn't realize how long he looked at the ground and was super nervous in, in his own head. And the guy just darted out of there quickly and just got the hell out. Yeah. And then the next week or two was just a super strange coincidence, and that guy has no idea how much it terrified him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but it was really kind of just the way that it felt to him. Yeah. It was like— you know, and, and maybe he just played it up in his head because, I mean, the guy, when he looked at him leaving the second time, he just said he had this this vibe, this feeling about him where he's like, gotcha, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> and he was like, it just felt like that to me. Maybe yeah. that's in his own head, but, like, it was really just the feelings and the way that, like, his own sensory was kind of going off mm-hmm. coupled with all the coincidences and just the strangeness mm-hmm. of it that made him – Feel like maybe it was something more. Maybe it could be something more, but like what? And he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that that ambiguity too is is a huge part of it because everybody has had. We've all had some moment in our lives where something at the very edge of the map of things we can explain occurs, right? And, uh, you know, as people are listening to this episode, we're probably hearing stories. As a matter of fact, you know what? Write to us, write to Noel Payne, Matt, Paul, and I uh, with your own strange stories. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you guys still accepting stories for Uh, future episodes? We totally are. We've had a a bunch of amazing submissions. Um, We have an email if you want to send them. It's just yourscarystory at gmail.com. Nice. So if you have... What you think is your radio rental story and you want to tell it, then we'll see what happens. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we're, we're getting close to time here. I, I do want to bring up just before we, we close here, there are some stories in there about real encounters with killers. Oh, yeah. In, in radio rental. And I'm not going to spoil those because those are some of the most impactful uh, stories within the show in, for me. Um, we can – I just want to mention some of the names. So like if you're interested out there listening yeah. to this and you want to look up some of these killers that I was somewhat unaware of before listening to this, um, you guys touch on Mark Godot, the baseline killer. Yeah, yeah in Phoenix, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a story in there that is so freaking creepy. That's one of the scariest ones I think. I completely agree. Let me uh, talk to you. Ah, oh, stop. Okay, yeah. Can I talk to you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was that, by the way? And who said, uh, "Can I talk so, to you?" So, the um, the lady that I was interviewing, she was really sweet and she had a, a great voice, and she just went into the character and was like, "Yeah, I, I went, you know, opened the window," and he just said, "Can I talk to you?" 
And so she That's her? said it. Ooh. And we just kind of like altered her voice a couple times to kind of make it. But she whispered it several times in her uh. interview. And I was like, wow, it was creepy hearing her just imitate him. Yeah, that's yeah. not right. But but the, and that's a story. I don't want to spoil any of that. It's a it's. There's another story about another serial killer that mm-hmm. ends up getting encountered in Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge, where there's that moment where this guy could have been picked up by police that night if things totally. would have gone one way. He could have also killed this person's girlfriend that night. And so when you think about just the concept of multi-universes, which we we like to talk about a lot on this show, where all of these different things are occurring, you know, somewhere out there within this realm, um, that the story that you have exists in this this version of our reality where, again, I won't spoil it, but what happened happened in that story. Oh, yeah, totally. It's crazy. So what are Payne and Matt talking about? (laughs) We won't tell you, but you can learn for yourself when you dive into Radio Rental. The first season is available in its entirety now, uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts, wherever you found this show, probably. And uh, we guarantee you it's a wild ride. Also, I love that we mentioned this earlier. Want to hit it again. You may end up being part of uh, part of the narrative in subsequent seasons, if that is you have a story of your own and you email Payne and his team. Uh, in the meantime, of course, Payne, as always, thank you so much for being so Absolutely. generous with your time, man. For Thanks sure. for coming on. It's always a pleasure. If you have not checked out uh, Up and Vanished then do check it out. If you haven't checked out Atlanta Monster, uh, do check that out. Those are both available in their entirety. You can also check out uh, the the second iteration of Monster. Uh, Matt, are you okay if I if I plug this? Uh, yeah, sure. As long as pain's cool. Then, uh, go for it. Let's do it. It's uh, Monster, Monster Zodiac, uh, which features our own Matt Frederick. Uh, in the... Yeah, it's called, it's called Monster of the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. And last thing, I'm just going to... Yeah, go, go for it. Monster DC Sniper uh-huh. is going to be out right now if it's if it's early January. So mm-hmm. go uh, search for it and subscribe. It's uh, it's really great. Hosted by Tony Harris. Uh, he's a award-winning journalist. Okay, I'm done. I'm done uh, plugging. It's amazing. You got to check it out. And so this concludes today's episode, but not our show. Let's continue the conversation. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, the other one. Twitter, that's the one. Uh, and uh, Payne, if people want to uh, reach out or follow you directly or follow Tenderfoot, uh, where can they find more? You can find me at just at Payne Lindsay, Twitter, Instagram. And I think, what are our other ones? Um, if you just go there, you'll find the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Radio Rental USA or so, something yeah, the, like that the, is one. Radio Rental Instagram is at Radio Rental. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the Radio Rental Twitter is Radio Rental USA because some guy has a Twitter account for Radio Rental that he hasn't <laughs> used in uh, thir- 30 years or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can also, if you, are, uh, if you are the kind of person who says, uh, guys, I have a story to tell. I'd love... I'd love to communicate more about this, but man, I hate the social meads. We have another solution for you. 
Oh, yeah, you can call us. We have a number. It's 1-833-STDWYTK. And if you don't want to do that, send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.